listening to The Atomic Geeks, a podcast covering movies, TV, comic books, video games, and everything in between. So geeky. Hello, and welcome to The Atomic Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Downs, and let's see who we got on the roll call tonight. Oh, hello! It's uh, Christian sitting in his basement in Oakville, and I'm clutching a cold can of lead paint. Lead paint! Delicious, but deadly. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm uh, I'm drinking an old favorite, a bottle of Bohemian, and according to its label here, it says it has no preservatives, and it has won gold medals for brewing excellence. Bohemian. Wow. Hey, hey, it's Michael DiGiovanni, and I'm in Toronto, and I'm enjoying a Duval. Oh, I've had one of those. I think I have a special glass for them, too, I think, actually. Yeah, they have their own special glass. It's a, it's like a Belgium beer. It's quite tasty. Was that one of the ones I had on the on the, that party we went to that last weekend? Yes, you did. That was a good beer. It is quite tasty. Okay, so, and as I said off the top, it's Mike Downs. Uh, I'm sitting in my basement wearing nothing but a cock ring, and I'm uh, drinking Sleeman Original Draft. That's quite the visual <laughs> we have there. <laughs> uh, you know the movie, uh, what's it, Happy Harry Hardon. What's the movie? Pump Up the Volume. I stole that from Pump Up the Volume. Oh, that's a good movie, actually. It is a good movie. So um, I guess first thing to get off the uh, off the list here is this week, uh, for those of you who listen regularly, you might notice there's only three of us. We are indeed an Atomic Geek down. Uh, Andrew is uh, quite ill, and unlike myself, could not muster it to uh, the, the intestinal fortitude to continue on, and so is uh, taking the night off this week. So our thoughts go out to him, and hopefully he's uh, feeling better soon. So uh, we're going to like do a tip of the glass to to Andrew hope you feel better buddy and but I guess you could say tonight it's going to be a three-way dance <laughs> <laughs> nice actually it's funny because I, I it wasn't my turn to host until what this is episode what we're at seven now I think and yep. and uh, I was I was I wanted to do a Star Wars episode reference and I realized I'm like oh shit we're on episode seven there is no Star Wars episode seven we've lasted longer than Star Wars but remember they always had those like promised seven, eight, and nine. I don't know if where everyone came up with that. Remember, there was always like Lucas was gonna do seven, eight, and nine. Like he had plotted that out. I think that, that I, I think that was wishful thinking. I don't know if that if that was ever true. But well, where no, did like that? A hundred years from now, when his head's in a jar on the shelf, and he'll get a chance to direct them again. You know, after he's thought about them for a while. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but, where, but where did that rumor come from? Because I remember being a kid. And knowing that, and this was way pre-internet, like where that was like just one of those like little rumors that spawned across all of like small towns and large cities across the the world. Like I, but wasn't it in the credits? Like in the very first one, it says it's episode four. Yeah, but I for so, some but for some reason there uh, someone had started a rumor that we knew there was obviously going to be a one two three, but then I remember people saying, and there's also a seven eight nine. I remember I, I've said that myself, but I think that we should look up in the big book of urban legends because I think that's an urban legend. Well, I think just based on the fact that they started numbering it from the very beginning of the very first movie started with four, they think, well, there's got to be a one, two, three. And who knows? Maybe there's a four, five, six or a seven, eight, nine. Well, there was a four, five, six. Those are the ones we watched. No, I know. But I mean, being based on that, say, well, I wonder if they're ever going to do a seven, eight, nine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think that was wishful thinking. It would be nice. I agree. I think in a couple of years, if George Lucas is still alive and has, you know, I I could they could be made. I you know I I wouldn't. I don't. I don't think that anyone has passed cashing in on that buck. That's for sure. What else is he gonna do? I mean, that's all he does is Star Wars. I mean, we've talked about this before. 
Yeah, so I, we shouldn't get too off topic because our, our topic has nothing to do with Star Wars. Uh, although we could actually work that in a little bit. But um, really, you know, just, just from a really purely generic standpoint, our, our subject tonight is uh, online video. And it, it's pretty, it's pretty um, as I said, generic it, it, or, or all-encompassing might be a better term. Um, you know, specifically, I saw a couple things this week and in this today that I wanted to talk to the guys about. Um, and really, who knows where we're going to go. We might even uh, follow up with some of our um, movie trailers we didn't get to last week because we were so into it. So, uh, you know, in terms of how this subject came along, I'll just throw this out there. Um, you know, specifically uh, today, I was watching this video from Microsoft. It, it was their their Microsoft Labs 2019 um, projection video, and it was all happy and, and and soothing music, and it showed all these shiny, happy people and how great their life is going to be in the future when Microsoft solves all our problems. <laughs> and when we're right off the bat, before we even get into the kind of the technical execution of online video, I kept thinking I would like to make a spoof of this or like a more accurate video and have like people slamming laptops in the ground because it's Vista like 4.2 and it totally sucks. Um, you know, there's aliens in the background abducting people, but it doesn't matter because they're on a touchstone, uh, touchscreen wall. Like, I just think it's so fucking gay and like, you know, just so unrealistic you know i just I, I i was watching this thing i just thought there's no way that that is what it's going to be like in 10 years you know it's it's not minority report even if some of those technologies work i just don't think you know microsoft's not going to save the day that's for damn sure and i'd like to have an, a more accurate uh depiction of what microsoft does in our current daily you know routine you know it's funny because uh, 10 years is obviously a long time in the terms of technology I get that. But, I mean, when you actually pass that video over to me and I took a look at it, do we realistically think we're going to be at the point in 2019 that some of these technologies will be even possible? I mean, I know that they're – I mean, they're in the early developments of it because, the, I mean, just the people maybe who haven't seen it, Downs, why don't you kind of explain some of the stuff that sure. they were doing in it? Sure, sure. So, um, you know, the video starts out and has a bunch of kids, um, and it, it looks like they're they're um, networking children across the world. Because I actually, I think I've seen two different versions of it. Because the one I just watched just before we started podcasting didn't have some of the things the first one did. But um, you know, you see this girl drawing with her finger on some glass, and it turns into a dog, and the dog runs and plays. You know, standing in front of her. Um, one of the cooler ones I saw was, you know, a newspaper that was was newspaper it wasn't like a thick tablet you know laptop or anything it was paper that was digital you know and and buddy clicked there was a headline he and he swooshes that away to the left you know what i mean and then another one comes up that he likes and he clicks on it and then the whole page turns into to uh the story and again like paper thin um another one was this this guy walking on a um or walking on like a moving sidewalk not quite an escalator and his his phone is kind of in two pieces and the one kind of piece rings and the other one there's a woman talking to him and you can see she's speaking english but then there's video there's like video translation below it like and so like to your point though and and oh and the other thing is what, what really blows my mind and where i think it really starts to fall apart is buddy gets off the the moving sidewalk and there's an arrow on the floor pointing him to his gate he's in an airport and i'm just like how much are, are we also are we are we all rebuilding our homes and every business structure in the next 10 years that we're going to have you know uh like they're smart all going to be floors. Yeah. Smart floors. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, it's, it's nice. Um, 
posturing, if you will, or, or hypothesizing on what could be, but to, to kind of even claim that this stuff would be in places like airports and generic in, in, in people's homes. The guy with the newspaper actually, you know, he has his newspaper, he looks on his wall, he grabs some, some computer files with some, I mean, and the other thing is they, they all have these little incredibly thin um, crystal-like devices that are computers, I guess, and they hold them over the other ones, and they, then all of a sudden they take that information seamlessly and they walk away with like a little pane of glass. And I'm like, you know, I have a tablet PC, uh, a laptop, actually, and um, as cool as it is, it's quite useless. You know, um, sure, I can take my pen out and write on my laptop, to, you know, a, la- a tablet, it folds down, right, and, and it's a laptop, it's like a book, and I can write on it, but the, the handwriting recognition sucks, Um you know, navigating is, isn't really, you know, it, it would take, I guess my point, it would take massive amounts of investment to even educate people like you, users like you and I to be able to use these devices because they all have turn your hand this way. Like it's, it's the Wii times a million. You know what I mean? Well, God, God help us all if this is like the computers of the future. Because, I mean, you see these in movies all the time, you know, moving files from here. Well, let's move over here. My, my moving your arms are in the air like you're freaking, you know, dancing the, the, the samba for crying out loud. But it would, give, it would give brand new meaning to carpal tunnel syndrome, right? Like at the end of a day of a hard day's work, <laughs> your entire body would be totally just broken down. Oh, my. My arms are killing me. I've been working on the computer all day for crying out loud. Yeah, that would be terrible that people would have to have some form of exercise (laughs) (laughs) thanks you know know, know what's funny though you need a video that is 30 years in the future and all these people have bad bones and bad posture and structure because they've been moving around windows and and shit like that all day that it's caused a huge health epidemic now you know that that technology that you're that uh, you guys have talked about, where you know we're sliding in file here, moving that one over. Let's be honest. Was that Minority Report the the movie that was that the first one to really kind of show That's what that? I rem- from That's why I remember it from. Me too. I, I, don't, I, I don't I don't remember seeing it before then. What year was Minority Report supposed to be set in? Do we does anyone know that off the top of their head? Uh, not not so distant future. I think it was. <laughs> 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 oh, that future. But the other thing is, is they're flying around in jetpacks in that movie. So, I mean, I don't see those happening, you know, in any corner stores. That's for sure. Don't, don't even get me started about jetpacks, man. That is never, ever going to happen. The flying car is never, ever, ever going to happen. I, I'm just I'm just saying that, you know, that 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 it, we're hundreds of years away from that conceivably. Yet some people think, seem to think we're, you know, a few years away from this touch Banishing windows with the it's oh in the year twenty fifty four. Well, there you go. There, there's a bit of time for that to come to fruition. That's when Minority Report was uh, was taking place two thousand fifty four. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, then you can have jetpacks in two thousand fifty four. <laughs> we better we better have jetpacks by twenty fifty four. Well, movies always get that so wrong, you know, as far as predicting and like it's always funny is watching a movie that's supposed to be set in the future when it's like ten years ago. Yeah, yeah, like I think uh, was it Escape from New York was like that. Crazy sakes, what year was that? I thought it set? was supposed to be 1999, something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like 10 years ago. You know what I mean? And it's like not even near happening. First of all, you know, New York is not a, a penal inst- penal colony that's been walled off from the rest of society, which I'm disappointed with. <laughs> <laughs> but you maybe, know, you, by, maybe by 2019, if we cross maybe, our maybe by 2019. But the other thing is, though, um, 
Oh shit! I forgot my train of thought. But I, you know, I was just kind of thinking, like, along with the Wii and things like that. Like, uh, so uh, my point is, is you know, these movies all propose this, this, these technology advancements. But that's not the way that real life moves forward. You know what I mean? Real life moves forward by 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 people having needs that need to be addressed, or you know, technology being. Well, one is the porn industry. The porn are they're leading developers on the web. You know, they've got video and online. They were doing that before anyone else even had high speed. But, you know, the whole idea of let's let go back a couple of years and, and think about someone telling you, well, you know what, you're going to have a phone and you're going to listen to your your digital music on your phone. And you, you would say, why would I want to do that? I've got a Walkman or whatever. You know what I mean? But those are the types of advancements that really come to life because, te- you know, as you start to as they start to become reality, they start to actually make kind of sense. Whereas. I disagree on that. I don't think that's a need driving that. I think that's the technology driving that. Like, I don't think there were people literally dropping to their knees in tears uh, <laughs> throughout cities going, my God, if only my phone could take a picture. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, I really, I, I honestly believe a lot of this stuff is driven because, hey, guess what? We can do it now. Like, I mean, I, I for me, I, for one, I do not listen. I mean, I don't have an iPhone. But I mean, I don't listen to music on my phone. I just, I, I just don't do that. I mean, I do have an iPod, but I, I mean, I, I just don't need to do that. I still see them as two separate devices. I know they're moving in that direction where they're, they're. I mean, the only way you're going to be able to buy an iPod or an MP3 like device is, is going to be basically your phone's going to be attached by that. But I don't know if that's a need. That's sure. driving that. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, I probably said it wrong because in fact, it's not a need. I think it's almost more of a happenstance, you know, like, so what, what happens first is iPods and, and, and other, you know, um, wireless music devices come about, but really iPod, let's say, you know, it really revolutionized the, the industry and made it a mandatory to have, to have this device. Then you get your cell phone. And, and honestly, I don't have an iPhone, but I listen to my, my music on my phone now. And I'll tell you why. I got tired of carrying around a device that was one was just for music, one was the phone, and if I was on the bus, I had to put take my headphones out of my uh, iPod and then go switch on my phone. Or when I worked out for like that ten minutes I worked out for, you know, if I'm on a, uh, one of those elliptical thingamajigs, um, you know, if if a call comes in. I, I hear it when I'm listening to music on my phone. And with the advent of like these memory cards that are two gigs, why in the fuck do I have more than one device? My cell phone, which happens to be a BlackBerry, is a digital camera, a video, uh, phone, a video camera, an MP3 device, and a phone. And that's the way it should be. Whether I don't, I don't think it's a need so much, but I think as as the technology prolifer- proliferates into the, into the uh, groups of people, it starts to not make a whole lot of sense to be carrying four devices, one for pictures, one for music, one to talk to other human beings. I think that we call it converges, convergence in, in, the, in the industry, right? And I think that that is what drives this technology more so than, um, hey, wouldn't flying cars be great and we're going to invent them because of X, Y, and Z? I think... And when I was saying like happenstance, I think it's more like things just sort of make sense as a technology involves. If, if that, to, to your point, Mike, that you're right, it's not so much a need; it's more of a, um, you know, it makes things makes my life easier. I, I'm not carrying around three devices all the time, you know, when and, I go on and, vacation. Yeah, that that's fair because I mean, I guess as these th- things have become more in our pocket that we can constantly have, you know. 
digital cameras and all those. I do I do agree with your point that it be, it becomes a bit of an annoyance to carry around five devices when you can put them all in one. You know, well, but maybe, I will. Maybe we just need more pockets. <laughs> now there's a need. <laughs> now that is a high tech solution right there. More pockets. <laughs> it's the jacket of the future. Fourteen <laughs> pockets. <laughs> the, and the V-neck and the boots. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know what? Actually, I've still got to say this. Like the, still the thing that makes me go. Wow, we are really now kind of living in the future. Comparing uh, things to when I was like a kid, one of the the devices that I always saw them use in you know sci-fi and even let's say the Jetsons was those. The minute you could call someone on the phone and see them in video, that was to me like that's when I knew we got to the future. And it seems kind of crazy that that technology is possible now. You know what I mean? And it's it's possible on fairly simple devices like that that to me feels like the jetsons that we you know, can do that but i think from a purely cosmetic basis or even vanity case basis i don't think that's ever going to be mainstream you know what i mean i mean i guarantee you that'll be an option on phones for everyone it'll be the most beautiful picture in your phone you ever saw you know but people have it turned off all the time every time they answer the phone oh god yeah like i mean uh, it's not like we're going to be the, the plasma screens on the wall and we're going to, you know, you're answering your phone, your phone and I'll be sitting there with a, you know, a sniffer of brandy and wearing a, <laughs> a, a robe. Well, hello, Mr. Downs. Thank you for calling. Uh, I was I was thinking more about sitting on your couch in your underwear going, oh, crap, I left the camera on. <laughs> Scratch yourself and talking on the phone. Covered in Cheetos, comic books all around you. Yeah, you know, but some paperwork. <laughs> no, but you know what? I, I don't think that is as far fetched as you might think especially when you consider every laptop today comes with a, a webcam we're talking on skype you know our subject being online video i mean i think the in the last year two years maybe most we've seen an explosion in the amount of video content on the internet um and to mike's point i think that and, and again i think it's the internet that is driving this more than say phone companies i think it's just um i was just reading something about um the reason that uh, rogers and bell are trying to um have the crtc allow them to throttle networks apparently has to do with the fact that in the states all these phone companies have gone up to the the next level of throughput if you will for the internet it's like 10 times what we have now it's called three it's not 3g it's something else but um you know it, it it's it's a, it's it's <laughs> 4.5g actually um no it's it, it like it's it's substantially way better than anything we even have like you know i have extremely high speed uh cable and it's like 10 times that apparently and you know this is an investment that they don't want to make um but you know it, when, when we get to those types of speeds which are you know to, to microsoft points maybe uh to the point of maybe their stuff is if that is maybe at the most a year to two at the at the most i would say years away we believe, are going to be I, I believe the layman's term is really fucking fast <laughs> yeah well yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're getting me back from last last week with the redonkulous oh, um yeah. <laughs> um you know but if it is really fucking fast you know i think things like skype and that the having a webcam and again the fact that every laptop's going to have a webcam i think i think video calling is is pretty realistic i think um you know when oh. i my, my my mom wants to talk to my kids you know, we turn on MSN and it's a video call. You, you're not on a headset or nothing. You're just talking to a computer. Like, we're almost there now. 
I oh, no. totally, I totally agree with you that you know video calling is is not that far away at all. But I, I guarantee you, it's the it's the basically the future's version of the speakerphone. You know, when speakerphones first came on, and you put them on the speakerphone, people just get pissed off. Take me off that goddamn speaker, and I'm going to talk to you like a regular person. You know, the same thing it's going to be with video calling. It's like, why haven't you turned on your camera? I want to see you. You know, meanwhile you're like freaking like look like shit. You go, I don't want to turn it on. Just let's talk like normal people. Oh yeah, like there's there's going to be an option to disable it, but um, and I'll I'll, I'll argue that there's a huge uh advantage to to speakerphone in certain scenarios. Yes. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, it has its place, I guess. Maybe is what you're saying. I can just see I can just see college students in in a year or so going, "It's your mom, man. Don't put it on video. She'll know I'm high." <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Billy, did you get the food I sent up? Hide the bongs, man. Shit, get the beer bottles out of here. She thinks I'm in Mormon school or something, you know? Like, Mormon school. I don't know. All young men learn how to be Mormons. <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom. Um, so let me just push us in another little bit of a direction, going on the video online uh, discussion as well. The other thing that I that I was watching, this was just last night, um, was. Um, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, uh, Joss Whedon's online um, three-episode video film, if you will, I guess you would call it. Have you guys seen it, first of all, I guess is the question? Yes. Yes, I've yes, seen it. Yeah, I have. You have seen it. Okay. So, you know, first first point being, um, hooray, you know, for the the... <laughs> Like the the objective of of creating it, um, I sat and watched it, and I really liked um, Doogie Hauser's character, and I really liked um, Malcolm from Firefly. Obviously, I don't remember actors' names, but Nathan, um, Nathan Fillion, he was fucking hilarious. In hilarious. That. Patrick Harris is Doogie Hauser. Right, 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 right. But I, I got to tell you, the singing annoyed the fucking piss out of me. Well, I really. I'm glad you said that because that's exactly the way I watched it. Once they started singing, I just fast forward and then got right back to the speaking part. Well, and you know, I was too, but you actually missed some good jokes by doing that. So I had to kind of force myself to watch the singing. And all, let's just jump in and say Buffy fans love the musical episode of Buffy. Joss Whedon, take my hat off to you. You can write a musical. I think this story would have been, I think it was unique and it was clever and funny. I wish, I think it would have been much more... Um, uh, accepted and 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 maybe garnered some some uh press and some some cachet for online video if it wasn't fucking singing every three minutes because there was a lot of singing i do i i know i totally disagree i think what made a large part of that charm was the singing and to say that it uh garnered some press that was lit that literally has become the blueprint for, for web series, this was so successful in terms of iTunes downloads that they've actually released it on DVD. So it did get a ton of press. It was oh. very well received. I thought that I, I – and I will touch on what you said, Downs. I think the songs, if you fast-forwarded those, you're missing a lot of the jokes that are mm -hmm. happening here. Nathan Fillion's song – uh, the the hero, uh, what's his name? C Captain Hammer. Or Captain whatnot? Hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his song in Act Three is one of the highlights of the entire series. Like the singing is hilarious. I I thought it was a nice little charming piece of it. And you know, and but I what I must say, going back to what you said about Buffy, Whedon is clearly 
a uh, he's got a like a singing a, a song fetish because I didn't he also sing or write the song for the opening of Firefly. Uh, that's a good Maybe. question. I believe I uh, you know what you might want to Google that, but I believe he did. So he's got, him and his brothers have got a real thing for singing. But there's I thought the songs were pretty good. I I, I think you might well, Christian. I think you might want to go back and rewatch the songs if you didn't get yeah, through. You know, I, you know what? I don't doubt it. But it just for me from a personal basis, and I'm not pulling some kind of macho bullshit standpoint because I mean I, I hear this is the guy who admitted to Notting Hill is one of his favorite movies. Um, I've always been the musical, the concept of the musical, the musical genre has always bothered me. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like people talk normally to the like, hello, how are you? And then listen, well, I'll tell you how I am. And they start singing and doing everything and with singing and sort of speaking. I understand people like it. I just, it just does. I just don't like it. The only reason I watched this doctor horrible was purely for the concept alone. You know, this from the villain's perspective, I thought that was pretty cool, but I mean, I just can't get over the musical, you know, I just don't like musicals. But you know what, though? He, to, I, I completely agree with you. I'm, musicals are not one of my favorite things, obviously. I mean, and that's an understatement. But <laughs> they are basically sending sending it up a little bit. I mean, they are they are basically almost in a way poking fun at some of the musical conventions. Once again, I said if you watched – if you listen to some of the songs and the way that their their sort of mannerisms are during it, so they are kind of poking fun of it a little bit, uh, though it still can stand on its own as the songs are pretty good. But I agree with you in the sense I the, the actual premise of this little uh, series is so right up our fucking alleys. Like I mean, mm-hmm. a uh, a super villain wanting to join a like a super villain club and having his arch nemesis. I love the beginning where he's reading his emails and the guys <laughs> and the guys like, "Why didn't you show up? Uh, we were supposed to fight in the park." And he's like, "You are not my arch nemesis." Like he's <laughs> like, they, <laughs> it also shows him like going to the laundromat and things like that. It was just kind of neat. No, and I, I liked what I what I what I really liked about it too was that ultimately he got everything he asked for except spoiler alert I guess if you haven't seen it yet the girl but you know that caused him to get into the evil what was it called the evil club evil the evil institute of a, evil yeah it was something it was, like the evil club of e, the evil club of evil and I loved I loved it was basically the, like the major league of villains so to speak yeah yeah no but so what what I liked is that he got everything he wanted. You know what I mean? So, like, it's in terms of a, of a message, and uh, you know, careful what you wish for because it just might happen. You know that all those elements were there in terms of the story, and I just and this might be because here's a question: I watched these um, back to back to back. So, um, you know, it wasn't like I could watch the first one and then maybe take a break from the singing because the first one I watched completely through did not fast forward a single song. But the second one, I'm like, okay, you know, and it just I found it was like every there would be three lines and then it would be another song. I was like, God damn, I just want to hear I just want it to to progress like like an average story. And 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 so maybe that might have been why it it annoyed me more. But I was just like, shit, like I wish it was longer. Um, And I I wish there, you know, was it it, it was great to to what you guys have said. I thought the concept was awesome. I thought the singing got in the way of of the enjoyment of it. And and, but to your point, Mike, um, that song, I can't remember what it is that uh, what's his name? Malcolm says, Fillion guy says, uh, <laughs> sings in the end was, I, I remember laughing, you know, and I'm like, that, I, I don't know what it was, but I laughed out loud at it. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, it's the song about where we're, we are all heroes based, I think is the, <laughs> yeah, the name yeah. of the song, but I, I like, it, it's pretty funny. One of the funniest lines in that whole thing is like, and I'm going to give her 
the hammers and they're not these. And he shows his fist and walks yeah. away and then comes back and goes, my hammer's my penis. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. And like, like just a story of the fact that, you know, he has to kill the bad guy, you know what I mean? Doesn't, and she ends up getting killing. I mean, like that was good storytelling, I thought. You know, I was like, this... You know, it's, 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 again, it's what Buddy asked for, you know, the, the universe or God, if you will, whoever's out there gave him what he wanted, but, you know, took away her too. But, and you see him kind of being inducted into the Eagle League of, Eagle League of Evil, I think it was what it was called. Um, you know, which I love that name. Um, uh, it just, I thought there was damn good storytelling. I really liked the concept. I thought it was really cool. I like that the uh, the major villain that basically ran this cadre of uh, villains was the horse. the horse. You know what I mean? That he like he and everyone envied and looked up to. Like, uh, but it's just this horse that's sitting at the end of a table. I thought that was kind of clever. You know, if I, if I understand correctly, the way the genesis of this uh, project coming together was, I think, was the writer's strike. I think that's what caused. Uh, uh, Joss Whedon and his brothers to kind of decide to do this. But it's interesting because, like I mentioned before earlier, that this has become somewhat of a blueprint for a way to do a web series. Uh, and you're, I think we're going to see a lot more of this because this is one of those projects that, when you think about it, musical or not musical aside, uh, whether you take the music out of it or not, this would have been a hard property to kind of get on air in terms of television and or movie like there this is that you know what i mean if you think about it like the given the actors that were in it and the this kind of the story that they wanted to tell uh the, the this is sort of made perfectly for the web and that's why there which is encouraging now about these online videos to touch on our topic is that it's you're going to be able to get types of content, types of storytelling that really wouldn't work anywhere else. Because to me, I I feel that this wouldn't really have worked anywhere else but online. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I uh, you know I I think that again going back to the topic of the conversation, I think something like this. I, I didn't know it got as much press as it did. I kind of heard about it coming out, and I haven't really heard anything since. So I didn't know that it was the Bible. But um, I agree. You know. Um, you know, it's short. Um, you know, you wouldn't want to stuck commercials in it. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really work in that in that way. Um, you know, the uh, as you said, the the concept. You probably would have a hard time selling that to a to a TV studio. And I think to me, that's what's exciting about the web and and to our topic and, and to online video. And I think. I mean, I think we're we're witnessing, if you will, a pretty big shift, and I think in how content is going to start to be delivered to people. Like, if you think of teenagers and and YouTube and and Vimeo and stuff like that, I mean, these guys got to be watching way more stuff online than they are in a traditional sitting in front of a, a television with a clicker. I would think. I mean, I'd like to see some numbers on that, you know. But I I would think that if you're someone who's online all day every day. You're 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 a you're spending more time in front of the computer than you are the television, and and then I, I would bet a lot of that time is is consuming video content, if you will. Well, you know what? It's the, the thing that's really unique about right now is there's a large portion of the let's call them the online audience that is li lived in a time when there was no internet, 
You know, like, I mean, to me, the uh, like, I remember the internet really just kind of took off when we when I was in college, if I may age myself. Mm. There, you're talking about an audience now that's pretty much being conditioned to uh, with the internet from birth or from elementary school. That's why a lot of people were like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm never going to watch TV on my computer. I mean, I'm never going to mm. sit there and watch a video on comp- on my computer. But look at that, to your point, that shift that's happening now and the amount of people that probably are going, hey, you know what? I don't watch Chuck on television. A little throw out to Christian here. I don't watch <laughs> Chuck on uh, television. I don't even PVR it. I just go and watch it and stream it online. The uh, you know when when I feel like it. Like I think that, that this is because there's now a population of people that are growing up and are literally being trained to watch video like that. I think you're going to see more and more content that's being made specifically for the internet. And I think that's cool because it's going to get you content like Dr. Horrible. Like, because I mean, I think it's neat that you can watch things like lost and 24 and all that shit the next day. But I think where the real power of this is a web exclusive video. Mm. I think, I think a big part of it as well is because since the, the internet or the internet or the World Wide web or whatever the hell you want to call it has become intro such a, web in- <laughs> Intro web. <laughs> Intro web. The information superhighway. Superhighway. <laughs> superhighway. Um, it's become such such a, a much more uh, prominent entertainment commodity. I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that people are doing so much on the on the web now these days. It's almost like, well, why do we even bother getting up and going and sitting on my couch to watch television when I can watch this other content in front of my like on my computer screen right now? Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's why am I going to listen to someone else's schedule when I can watch what I want whenever the hell I want, you know, and again, it's interesting because, you know, uh, I, I wasn't sure if it was Christian or, or Mike just said it, but, you know, so the, the fight from the, the CRTC, again, not to get too political here, but, um, you know, the CRTC is trying to take over the Internet and wants to enforce Canadian content and Colin Mockery, you know, the comedian is 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 huge in this fight and i i really liked him as a comedian and i was like really and you know he says he was quoted as saying the internet is another broadcast medium and that offends me i think on so many levels that because it's not a broadcast medium while parts of the internet are about broadcasting media the internet is a convergence of millions of voices and you know uh cacophony of of video and text and you know what to your point mike and and what i think another benefit of the internet is is a lot of the content that people are watching is user generated so you know what people are rallying against is years of you know being force-fed television on a schedule and um commercials you know that's why pvrs were invented you know that go all that goes away and 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 stuff that only some some fucking asshole executives in in an ivory tower decide you will watch that that all goes away the minute you talk about the internet it is generated by millions and millions of different people good or bad you can decide to watch it um you know when it's out there it's out there it doesn't shut down at at two o'clock in the morning and put up a flag and and sing the national anthem you know this is a completely different completely different way of interacting with you know socially as as well as you know content as well and and i think that is what to your point mike is what these kids are growing up with so you can't suddenly say 
you know what? We're gonna now we're gonna take that away, and you're gonna watch TV at eight o'clock. If you want to watch uh, Eric or whatever, you're gonna watch it at eight o'clock, and and you're gonna sit through these commercials. That those days are gone. You know, if you're some TV executive and you don't understand that, you are antiquated, and you need to be replaced in your job because. I, but you know what? I think uh, I totally agree with everything you just said there, and I think they're starting to get it now a little bit. Like I think the all the major networks moving towards. Uh, you know, moving all of their content online, signing deals with YouTube and and shit like that. You know, I mean, that bad example, but that SNL has literally got a segment on their show that's called Digital Shorts, literally mm. creating that uh, for the purposes of, you know what, man, we're going to, di- we want this, uh, we're creating this sort of content so it'll be distributed online and get passed around is a bit telling. Uh, mm. But, you know, everyone is moving towards not just going, let's take uh, content that's been somewhere else, like a, a TV program or a movie or whatnot. Now they're, they're moving towards, because there has been that uh, user-generated content, but now people are moving towards, like, like what Joss Whedon did, they're moving towards saying, let's make content specifically for the web, and, and people consume it differently. They, they do it in seven-minute little or eight-minute little 15-minute uh webisodes if you will and they don't want uh commercials in it and whatnot and you know it, like i uh, to me this is an exciting time i don't know if you guys are have you ever been to have you guys ever been to crackle.com nope oh i have what, what is it again crackle.com is uh sony pictures uh website where they've basically created a sony, a sony studios or sony pictures have created this uh, website, uh, Crackle, which is basically a house for some of their, you can go in, uh, it's almost like an online channel. And you can go there and you can watch TV shows that they're putting up there for a limited time and then they'll put up some movies, but they have a whole original section. And I actually just watched something today, which is called uh, Angel of Death. And this is a series uh, that was conceived and created by a comic book writer, Ed Brubaker, who made... Mm. uh, criminal and sleeper and he currently writes captain america and daredevil and he's a fantastic writer great writer like very crime fictiony so he's created this web only direct series that's produced by sony studios it's called angel of death and it's starring uh zoe bell and she's the chick from uh uh death proof the uh, the blonde haired girl is the former stunt woman in death proof uh, quentin tarantino's movie the new zealand girl the New Zealand girl. Right. And I'm telling you, man, this is – it's awesome. First of all, if you have not watched it, I recommend you go to crackle.com, take a look at it. It's it's basically seven-minute shorts, and it started today, and they'll update them every day, seven-minute episodes for the next ten days, and they archive it there. This hmm. is the future, man. This is what people are going to start to do. And the thing that uh, I admired about this, beyond just that it's written well and it's pretty fucking cool uh, – the production values are there and to, to a degree. And it's like, and I will even say that it, to a degree with uh, Dr. Horribles is that it's no longer just people, uh, internet content is no longer just, well, you're holding the camera and you stand in front of your room and you shoot it. It's mm. like, Dr. Horrible, I knew they did some stuff intentionally cheesy, but there, I mean, they had named actors in it. They had yeah. like, what, th- for this Angel of Death series has like, recognized actors in it uh the guy doug jones who i guess was in he played uh he was in hellboy and hellboy 2 there's a uh 
I'm trying to think of who the uh, there's another uh, somewhat known actress and her name escapes me. But like they have uh, recognized actors. The directing on it is pretty taut, is pretty good. It's not a million dollar budget, but you can notice that this is very well produced for Webb. And I think mm. when I saw it today, uh, I mean, I watched it because of uh, the comic book writer, but I saw it and I started kind of looking around Crackle and I'm like, this is exciting. Like this is now that we're getting here, like this Angel of Death series, it's basically she's a hired killer who then uh, gets killed and she goes out and gets revenge. Like she should be dead, but somehow uh, she's still alive. I won't go into spoiling it all completely. It's like, but it's, it really is the type of program that, once again, I don't know if this could have landed on TV. I don't know if it could have maybe landed in a movie. But now there's an outlet for programming for directors and different writers' voices to be heard, but in shorter formats and like little serialized, almost comic booky sort of serialized formats, five, six, seven minute formats as well. You know, I think and like this is the exciting part now is when the studios are getting it where they're saying, okay, you know what? People are going to watch online video. Let's give them content. Mm-hmm. So what, no, what, but so, so I understand uh, Downs's point. The C, is the CRTC trying to make sure that we get more Canadian content in our, in our web video or? Well, it's not just video. I mean, basically what they would do is they would go to the ISPs and you would only be, they, you know, like, like in the Olympics when, when people went to China and couldn't browse to cur- certain sites, you would only be allowed to browse to a certain amount of non-Canadian websites. Shut up. Oh, so like yes. they'd make you watch like a rerun of the Beachcombers and then you could go to like the IMDB or something like that? Well, yeah, you just, you would, there would be a certain amount. I, 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 I don't know the technical, you know, limitations of how the law would work, but they want to enforce Canadian content on the web. So when you went, when you go on Google... You're going to get either they're going to force you more Canadian content and you're not going to be able to view stuff until you've, you know, consumed more Canadian content. See, that goes against the entire principles of the web, though. Like the web is a global universe resource. Like now we're being force fed where it's like, the you know, 30 percent of your Google uh, searches are going to have to bring up Canadian content. Mm -hmm. Uh, Forty percent of. The uh, the pages that you're going to read now are going to have to be about Al Waxman and Alan Thicke. That's right. <laughs> my, celebrity, my celebrity blogs will be ruined. <laughs> You'll never get any content. No, but it, 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 to, to you, who, I think it was Mike said, it, it goes against everything that the Internet is. You know, this is not about countries. And, and realistically... You shouldn't need a Canadian content law on the internet because the cream will rise to the top. That's the beauty of the internet. If it's good, it doesn't matter where you where you're from. It'll get out there. You know, you don't need a law like that. And that's where you know I I understand. You know, as as a, a guy who owns my own business, you know, I understand these actors who want to protect their salaries and their families. You know, they are and and TV studios they are probably shitting their pants because the C- CBC has got nothing that anyone's watching online, you know, because that whole organization is a bloated piece of shit that, you know, is government mandated and is, is purely a sinkhole for taxpayers' dollars. You know, there is no, you can't tell me that people are going to be wanting to down to, to watch online, uh, I don't know, with that Erica chick who goes back in time. or Finding the, Erica. Finding Erica. Or what, the, show, uh, what, what show is that? What is Finding Erica? I've seen the commercials for it. I've, I, I got to say, I'm only intrigued by the fact is that she revisits 
certain periods, I guess, in her past and has options of changing it or something like that. I don't, I've never watched an episode, but just based on the commercials alone, it's like, ah, I might want to check that out just for the whole concept, you know, the time travel thing again, blah, blah, blah. Tonight's episode of The Girl will be played by Christian since Andrew is not with us. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, in fact, my, my wife likes the show, and more power to her. I was just using that as an example. Realistically, um, you know, what is the crap that they put on their show, uh, on their channel? Maybe they've got four or five. Granted, I don't watch it, but maybe that being Erica is, is good for, for the ladies or, or the teeny boppers. I w- I, but I wouldn't think, again, the cream will rise to the top. If it's good, people will get a hold of it and they will, they will, uh, they will consume it. You know what I've Somebody- heard, though, where, it makes th- where this does make sense, if you could bend the rule a little bit, is where, in terms of podcasts, where people will be forced to have <laughs> to listen to a percentage of Canadian content, let's say... Like the Atomic Geeks, for example. <laughs> and I would argue, we don't need that shit, man, because we're good enough. We don't need anybody saying, you shall have to listen to this because it's Canadian, because we have audience all over the world. But a petition um, wouldn't hurt. <laughs> but, shut up. Um, so, you know, something else I wanted to talk about, though, uh, just when you were kind of started there, uh, Mike, was the, another... Uh, pro about this online video stuff and uh, my example has been folds is kind of r-rated content seems to be a lot more uh accessible on the internet you know so ben folds uh redid um the uh, nwa song bitches ain't shit yeah and as you and as you can imagine every other song in that is fuck this and bitch that and ho slap this right you're never going to see a video for this nor should you on on you know MTV or or much music or any of these number of sources but so what did he do you know he's got this great version of a song he wants to get it out there he challenged people on YouTube to provide their own videos and that was fucking brilliant you know the fact is it's a great song you want to get some you know people talking about it and and put it in the users hands to create their own videos that is exactly what the internet is for and i thought you know you know two thumbs up that's again you know that that you can get that r-rated content not we're not talking about x-rated say you know the porn and the sex stuff but you know we can be a little bit looser with the language now i think nowadays um atomicgeeks.com's podcast (laughs) well and i mean you know and i i understand why people are you know i i'm anti-censorship but i have kids as well so i don't like going to a mcdonald's and hearing you know trash mouth effing this and effing that right behind me but at the same token um i watch websites that my older boy goes to he doesn't go to youtube he doesn't go to wherever he goes to treehouse and playhouse disney you know and and you know that's appropriate you know it's it's all about managing you know for in terms of those people who are who are pro uh censorship you know it's i don't need to censor uh, you know i don't need to have censorship because i i'm i'm the adult i'm the parent of the child so i take care of it so and i think the internet is a little bit more you know liberal with those types of things you can see things that you wouldn't see on television at nine o'clock at night you know unless it was on hbo or or showcase or something yes uh, do you have on with your, with your kids with the uh with the internet, do you actually have like online like um, censoring software or nanny guard and stuff like that? Uh, interesting question. Not so much yet because you know we we put the website on and then and then Xander uses it. Um, right. But interestingly enough, though, I for the first time uh, we have the digital cable, and I went in and I put on parent locks for that because he's starting to read now, 
and suddenly, you know, um, porn titles were were That's they, they exactly had they, what I was thinking. Of. They, they they haven't become a problem yet, but you know, when when you start to think about it, and you're like, big brown asses comes up as you're flicking through the channels. I'm like, oh shit! I he can read big, he can read brown. Asses is not that far, you know, and I, I don't I, need. I, I, I love that about my PVR. Every now and then I go to that channel and just scroll across and read out the titles to my wife, you know? Giant dicks from outer space. I know. It, 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 it's, <laughs> it's actually... fantastic names ever. And then do you also go, okay, when she turns around, we'll just select record here quickly. And <laughs> yeah, then... record her. <laughs> That's right. What are you talking about? She says, get that one. <laughs> no, it, it's a bit weird, you know, because that it, it, it starts to affect your quote enjoyment of things right like that like i can't just i do the same thing i you know teenagers exposed or you know whatever they are you know the the, the you know the the hilarious titles that you flick past and uh you don't get to say any more titles of all the i was just gonna say of all the porn names you could come up with that was the best you could do i, I don't yeah, I know giant dicks from outer space for crying out loud. Yeah. what's on his mind at least i'm thinking about girls he's thinking about giant dicks from outer space and again, the the role of the girl this week will be played by Christian. I'm okay. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I meant boobs. I haven't had a chance yet to say my porno title. <laughs> okay, go for it. This is off the top of my head. Who reamed Rhonda Rabbit? <laughs> Did you just look that up online? No, man, that was right off the top of my head. But at least my. Teenage, what was it? What was your teenagers exposed? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a hard copy <laughs> segment. <laughs> maybe I was confused. You know, again, I was flicking, and maybe, maybe it was, uh, yeah, hard copy. I was Corey Povich at. or something. <laughs> I meant boobs. <laughs> so, so, talking about online videos, though. Uh, Christian, one of the things that maybe this is a bit of a follow-up from last week, did you get a did you get a chance to ever see the Wolverine trailer? Yes, yes, I did. Well, I, I, I it was actually I did see it, and we've and you know, let's be honest, we've all seen it for crying out loud. I mean, uh, this movie, uh, although there's been like rumors of reshoots and so on, so on, I've seen this trailer, and let me tell you, I actually I thought it looks it looks pretty damn good in my opinion. Have you you've seen it down? So obviously, oh, I've 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 watched it a few times. Absolutely, I think it. I, I'm excited. I think it looks good. I think it looks pretty true to the, you know, the story of the uh, Alkali Lake. Is that what it's called? You know, the whole origin of Wolverine. That stuff seems pretty spot on. Yeah, the Weapon X stuff. I mean, yeah, are, the Weapon X stuff. Actually, taking also from the, uh, they're also taking from the very very beginning from the uh, origins uh, storyline as well. Well, yeah, that's yeah. what, like, they're getting into him, like, as a kid, as, a, and, like, you know, them, James, I guess, what they called James Howlett or whatever his name is. So, yeah, they're going to, they're going way back. It's not just the Weapon X story. They're actually mm. touching on that, uh, I think it was one of the, the Kuberts did that uh, miniseries, The Origins. So, like, yeah, I mean, my, my thought is, uh, okay, I'm, I'm a little torn on this. I got to say, I'm going to differ from you guys. First of all, I do, I mean, I fucking love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I mean, I think he is, just seeing that trailer again reinforced that. But there, there's a, there was a little bit of worry about the amount of fucking mutants they're putting in this movie. 
the blob is in it. I know that. And, and Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. And Deadpool. Which, oh, oh, I've heard about that. I mean, hopefully the, that's what I heard they were doing the reshoots for were Ryan Reynolds Deadpool stuff. And I tell you, uh, from what I understand, if you're familiar with the comic book character and you see Ryan Reynolds as De- uh, Deadpool in the movie, let me tell you, uh, it's, you're going to be very, very disappointed. Because apparently he has these big blades strapped to his hands and he doesn't have a mask or anything like that at all. That's see. Well, this is what this feels very. There's portions of that trailer, uh, a or slash film that looks very daredevilly to me. And by that I mean oh. the daredevil film where they just butchered some fucking characters. And I, for to We're me, I'm that. like, why in the world? Like Gambit is in this thing, and Gambit looks awful. They Gambit have, looks I, bad. Gambit Ryan, looks bad. Like, why do you need to make a Wolverine movie and fucking have Gambit? Deadpool, the Blob, all—I mean, I get Sabretooth, but it's like, why does this have to turn into? Let's put a million fucking characters in it again. That's where I lose a little bit of faith in it. I just think it looks that—that I—that I, makes me a little nervous. Well, apparently, well, uh, Deadpool and um, Sabretooth, and there's another guy, Maverick. I think is another character as well. Uh, they were all originally part of the same kind of like, I guess, Weapon X team way Weapon back, in, program. way back in X Men history, apparently. Well, and re- realistically, this is the the Marvel executives and the studios saying this is X Men Four. You know, I mean, they are they're not they they have no allegiance to the fact that this is a single film about Wolverine. It might be called Wolverine, you know, Origin X Men Origins. Origins, I think, is a subtitle or you know the working title. This is this is the further continuing the X Men franchise. I wish they so, just call it Wolverine. I fucking hate that X Men Origins. Fucking you know that. But that's uh, why that's the, the, this to them is you know X Men Three for all intents and purposes sucked ass. You know, even though I like some of the shit in it. Um, Specifically, just to, to touch on this, I love uh, partly because uh, she's my favorite mutant of all time. But when Mystique gets fucking turned back to human, <laughs> and Magneto leaves her there, I'm like, if that isn't Magneto to a T, I don't know what badass. is. That was pretty that, badass. So you know, as much as people had problems with that movie, there were things in it that I thought were spot on. Um, but uh, this is this is this is the George Lucas of the of the X Men pull here the, the, the you know they're just using wolverine because he's the most popular character they have no you know allegiance or concern about making this a true singular experience for the one character well, funny I mean, stretch I mean, to be totally honest asking me you know what i think of the movie trailers probably i'm probably the worst person to ask because generally i'm just like happy that it's, there's a superhero movie coming out you know what i mean like i mean to, be, to come clean totally i'm the guy who on in our former website, boldopinion.com, gave a glowing review to the Daredevil movie. You know? I'm just happy to see... I still haven't movies. forgiven you for that yet. Yes, I understand. I, and apparently the director's cut is supposed to be much, much better. But um, my main complaint probably about this movie coming out and uh, is basically they're, they're actually referencing the uh, origin storyline. I have never read the origin storyline because I always, always uh, like the fact that the, the back history of Wolverine was always a mystery, and I think that it should have always been kept a mystery. Yeah, you know what? I, I they they basically that made the they created a mystique of 
the character Wolverine for so long. I mean, like, what, 30, 35 years was that we didn't know much about where how he, how he came to be. He had these little, like, visions of being in Weapon X, and then they just kicked open the door and decided to go, what, we're going to tell you the full origin, and now uh, there's an actual series called Wolverine, uh, I believe it's called Wolverine Origins, where it goes back and touches on things throughout his early days and stuff like that. So that's out of the bag now, and I agree with you. I think it somewhat diminishes him as a character a little bit, I, I, you know, I'm not sure that I, I mean, it, it would be nice if they never did it, but again, we have to realize that at the end of the day, this is about making money and they're going to cash in on th- areas they haven't gone yet. That is just uh, an annoyance of being a fan of some of these things, where it be television, comic books, music, or anything. At the end of the day, these people all do it to make money. So you, you, it, it's nice to say that, you know, for th- 30 years, he had no history and, and it would be nice if he never did. That was never going to be a reality. They were one day some asshole executive was going to say, "You know what we need to do? We need to do a Wolverine origin story because it's going to cash in on dollars." And that's yeah. just the bottom line, right? No, you're right. But yeah, the Christian, I do agree with you on one thing. There is something just fundamentally cool that there's an actual Wolverine movie. Like, how the fuck did you ever think in your yeah. life that there would be a movie coming out in friggin' theaters that's just Wolverine, not the X-Men. I know I understand what you were saying before, Downs, but this is just mm. a Wolverine movie. Like, so I in my head, I'm like, I can't believe we're at this point where this is even possible that they're just making Wolverine like solo films. But I, I don't know. I just I, I, I have a sort of a feeling that I, I'm, a, I'm a little nervous about it. I think there's some good stuff in the trailer. Uh I th- li- leave live Shri- leave live. How do you say his name? Live leave. Sh- leave leave yeah leave Schreiber, uh, is a a good choice. I mean, poor Taylor Maine, the uh, former pro wrestler. That I was just was, thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, well, that's a shame. Uh, but I mean, I think he's a good choice. Uh, li- leave Schreiber as uh, saber tooth. Loopy glow blow. Wait a second, though. We were in Chicago, and we actually stood beside um, Sabretooth. What was his Taylor name again? Maine. Taylor Maine. I Tyler thought that Maine. dude, Tyler Maine, Tyler, Taylor Maine, whatever Loopy, the fuck Loopy. his name is, the guy who's now looking for a job because his character was ripped out from underneath him, I thought he did a pretty damn good job as Sabretooth. And I, I honestly am not so sure about Laverne Schreiber uh, for this role. I think... <laughs> But what do you mean? Like he did a really good job with it. Like you know what? When they were setting scenes up, he'd be like, "Excuse me, Brian Singer, what's my motivation for this? You're big and tall. Go." Exactly. <laughs> that, that's what I thought. Because the whole point was you have to have Wolverine, who's cool, uh, just a big beast who's scary. It works. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll probably end up being wrong on this one. It'll the movie will suck, and everyone will say the only thing is is that Lillian Schreiber was the best part. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck up that name now forever. Uh, um, Louise Schreiber was the best actor in the movie. Maybe I'll be wrong. I don't know. T- to me, that's not selling it. In fact, to your earlier point, the only thing I think that seems good is Hugh Jackman. And when I look at the, when I watch the trailer, okay, you know that's I mean? one thing. That's one thing in the trailer that bugs me. You've seen those little bits where, like, um, Lulu Schreiber, he freaking uh, runs <laughs> runs on all fours like a freaking dog. Yeah, that looks kind of stupid. But, uh, I, but I, I mean, I understand why they didn't bring back Tyler Taylor Maine and decided to cast Lando Shriver. Uh, 
<laughs> because, because I think they were trying to go with him being slightly younger and obviously at a different hairstyle of his life as well. Because he, like, he doesn't have the huge... Uh, 1980s rock and roll hair. <laughs> now he's just got this shaved brush cut. Yeah, that's it. But he's and he's like four feet smaller. So I don't know what happened when he gets turned into the Weapon X or whatever. Because the the difference is striking. I mean, you got a huge guy in some four foot Lillian. Did I already say Lillian? Shit, uh, Lulu Lester. Shriver. Lars. Lars. Lars Shriver. That could actually be a real name. But okay, some. Ever, I don't know if you've ever heard though the actual Weapon X story. When when Logan uh, gets put in the Weapon X, obviously what they do is they put ad, uh, adamantium or ad, uh, through his bones, and what they right. do with Sabretooth is they just stretch him and make him seven inches taller. That's his power, actually. So that's all. That all plays into the. You're fucking lying. Shut up. <laughs> He's so much okay. taller than me. Oh, my God. That is the best <laughs> mutant ever. He's taller now. Okay. So I, I just wanted to uh, – another movie we didn't, we didn't talk about, and it actually ties back into our main topic tonight of, of the online video, is The Watchmen. Not only have they put out trailers, but they've actually put out these – they're happening all week, uh, building up to Friday's big uh, you know, launch of the movie. They're doing um, character videos on each character. So it's – you know, it's an on. Yeah, so uh, Doc Manhattan was out today. Um, it's actually quite hard to get to. They're not allowing people to take the video, so you have to go to the special site. I went. I tried to go earlier, and it was. And I couldn't get to it, so I've read a, a review of the video. I haven't seen the video yet, but um, you know, I just these guys seem to be pulling out all the stops in terms of they even had what was the thing i saw there was a news clip it was a fake news clip about dr manhattan a couple months ago i mean they have used online video like a son of a bitch to get this film prepared to come out you know what i mean well that's become uh one of the new mechanisms in terms of if you want to attract a movie to a younger audience is to try uh, to kind of use these viral videos quote unquote uh to help uh push the interest of your movie i think one of the first films that really nailed that was the uh oh, what was that horror movie the uh about the the witch what was that the Blair Witch Blair Project. Witch Project Blair Witch Project I was gonna say Bewitched yes <laughs> that yes. was so scary the remix uh, the remake of Bewitched was just so forward in its thinking no but uh the, Blair Witch, the Blair Witch Project you know for as much as you could probably have an entire episode uh, bashing that film. Uh, the, it was very forward in its, in its marketing approach. And I think a lot of people, like cause I remember with The Dark Knight, for example, they, really, they did a ton of viral stuff, some really neat stuff too with Harvey Dent and uh, uh, video, uh, certain little uh, specific URLs and sites set up for the Joker. So it's, yeah. I'm not surprised uh, that uh, the Watchmen uh, is following this. But I must say, one little side topic here. I saw something very cool. I live in uh, Toronto, as you guys know, but uh, I was downtown, and at the time of this recording, Watchmen is coming out uh, this following Friday, March 6th. So I was uh, walking around downtown Toronto, and I saw a wall tagged, who watches the Watchmen, which was fucking awesome. Get out. Yeah, man. And it was, yeah, it was done for marketing purposes. And my wife actually was the one that stopped at it. And they actually, there was more to it. Like they had shadows up and it. Like they literally did almost a recreated oh, a wow. scene from the, so that was really, really cool. That's a little, that is topic. cool. 
But I was just like, when I, we stopped and looked at it, and I'm just like, oh, my God. First of all, that's such a great example of advertising. And two, how the fuck is there a movie about Watchmen coming out? Well, uh, so that, that, that's the question. We are, realistically, we haven't even touched on this yet, but we are four days from the greatest comic book, graphic novel, whatever, you know, pretty much in history coming to the big screen. And, I mean, what, what are our thoughts? Let's get them on the record before the movie comes out. Uh, well, as far as the viral videos and all that kind of shit, I purposely just I always stay away from that altogether. I mean, two minutes of the movie, you know, download now. Like I stay away from it. If there's a movie that I'm going to see, I'm really eagerly looking forward to to see in the theater, which is a rarity in itself. I will stay away from that. Stay away from all of that that nonsense. So when I actually see the movie itself and not be tainted by anything else or seeing anything beforehand, but. Uh, am I excited about this movie? I can't fucking believe it's actually happening. It's simple as that, and I, I just can't wait for, to see it in the theater. It's going to blow me away. Um, I, I mean, I, I completely echo Christian's thoughts on I cannot wait. I can't believe that this is happening. Do I think it's going to be good? I, th- I, I totally believe it's going to be good. I'm actually very excited. I'm very confident in, what I, uh, in the footage that I've seen and uh, the interviews that I've read with the director – uh, Zack Snyder, I totally believe that, you know, he has, he's used, uh, the book itself as the Bible, but that brings me to an interesting sub point is I know that a lot of purists are actually going to find ways to hate this movie Mm. because guess what, man, this is not going to be able to translate every single element of that novel. It's a very dense read, probably one of the densest of all comic books, and I mean ever. With I mean, with the the Black Freighter and all the you know the uh, hot, the under the hood seg- uh, sections of the novel. Yeah, yeah, all of that can't be in a movie. It's like people have to understand that. We're going to have to gloss over some things. We're going to have to even omit some things, God forbid. But if you don't realize that going into it, you're a moron. So I think I do want them to be as faithful as possible, and I'm confident they are. But I'm also not one of these people who is setting myself up for failure thinking that, what the hell that they had a they didn't have enough scenes of that newsstand with that guy oh, the little kid it's like the, yeah, yeah. like come on guys it's you, it's it's a two and a half hour movie you can't put 12 issues worth of alan moore comp- uh, like text in this thing so yeah, yeah. i i i'm already hearing some early room uh, i'm sorry reviews coming out which i've tried to stay away from but some uh the right people in terms of the uh, websites and uh, publishers that I follow are liking it. So I'm trusting that I, you know, a variety and Hollywood reporter did not look at it favorably. They've come out with early reviews, but I don't really trust them in terms of this subject matter. So I'm pretty excited. I think it's going to deliver. So, uh, yeah. And uh, you know, one thing that we, we didn't, I I think I'm excited about it. I think, you know, when I've seen the characters, I think they've done a bang-on job of capturing who the Watchmen are. And at the end of the day, to your point, Mike, this movie is going to be about the 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 panels of the comic book that were about the Watchmen. It's not going to be about the Black Freighter, and it's not going to be about the earlier, whatever they were called, the, the, the Minutemen. You know, the, the Minutemen. 
all that stuff is cut out. This is about the pages that you turned that were the comic book, if you will, not kind of the pre and the post. Um, and when I when I look at that, um, I think Doctor Manhattan looks as fucking perfectly as he could look on screen. You know, when I when I look at that, I'm like, Jesus, that's exactly. And you know, we I know we've argued a little bit on uh, and through through email about you know how Night Owl might or might not look. And um, you know, one of the things I bit, like, he looks a bit too hunky. No, but see what I but see. So what, what what I like is I like that he looks hunky as Night Owl. He doesn't look hunky as Dan Drinberg or whatever his Dryberg. how you pronounce his Dryberg, how you pronounce his last name. And that I think is even one of the things that might be better about the movie than the comic book is that when you put on the costume, you become something else. And that is a superhero. And even if you are in your regular life a beat down white guy who who misses his glory, when you put on that mask and cowl and you get in your ship you are a badass fucking superhero and you're a watchman and you're saving people off the tops of burning houses and that's what i think this thing has captured perfectly however i think commercially and this is something else we've talked about which haven't really touched on yet is i'm not sure if everyone out there is ready for this yet um this is not uh superman or batman or Spider-Man, God forbid. You know, this is a comic book, as we've already talked about on an earlier episode. The ending is not happy. You know, um, it, it's it's not about the heroes saving the day. And the question is, is the is the because even Dark Knight, as dark as it was, Batman wins pretty much in the end. He has to go off and and still be evil, uh, or you know, be considered the bad guy. I think that's a little bit. Not quite as far as as this one's about to go. And so... I'm sorry, depending on your perspective, in a weird kind of way, it could almost be a happy ending, depending on your viewpoint on things on the planet. That's a good point. Actually, that is a good point. So, realistically, you know, is what, as, uh, as, what's his name? As, no, it's not as modest. That's the guy from JLA, the villain. What's it, as? No, it's, it's, it's Oz, oh, I keep forgetting his name. Oz- yeah, we're going to bastardize it, but it's Ozimotis right. or something like that? Ozimotis. Or? So, technically, yeah, I mean, especially as someone who who's a fan of horror movies, who tends to relate to the bad guys in films, there's a lot of merit to his to his approach, right? So, in fact, that'll be something interesting to see kind of what the discussion is after the fact. If, is, you know, is he, you know, is he seen as any type of anti-hero or is it really Rorschach as the anti-hero who in the end disagrees with him and, 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 and as, as, you know, crossing the line as he is in terms of his violent behavior and, and you know, beating up people and, and doing shit like that. At the end of the day, he still believes in the fact of protecting the innocent. You know what I mean? Like in terms of Rorschach's character, it's, it's he would it's, he would never do anything like cause this huge squid to to manifest in in Times Square if that's what the ending is. You know, it's inter- We're definitely gonna uh, touch on this once the the film is out and uh, give all of our thoughts on it. But uh, it's interesting that you know to your point that our audience is prepared for this. I think hardcore comic fans are ready with bated breath uh, for this. Uh, but this is truly uh, postmodern superhero movies is what we're entering in now. Dark Knight was just a really well-told uh, Batman movie. This is now getting into a very an arena of superhero movies storytelling. So I'd be very curious to see how it's going to do in the sense of commercial uh response. I think it's going to open huge. I uh, Week two is going to be very 
interesting. What I do think, and we're not going to know until A, we see it, and B, until it's in theaters, is the ending of Watchmen, for the intents and purposes everyone that is listening to this uh, knows it, uh, that obviously the, uh, the, the basically the bad guy almost wins is the way to say it. My one fear in terms of this as a movie is will general going audiences find that ending somewhat anticlimactic? And I wonder how it will play in the sense of the movie-going experience because it did play with the conventions of comic storytelling when it came out 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. But in a movie, is that going to play well that it's not going to come across as, oh, oh, okay, that's, oh, well, it's I guess it's done. Like, you know, I, I, I we can't answer these things until we see it, but it just, that's something that I've thought about where I'm like, I wonder how that ending is going to play where it's not going to feel a little bit of a letdown. Well, you know what, then? You know what? I think that if they actually take the movie and go past the ending and go right into the epilogue, you almost kind of have a little bit of a happy ending at the end of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, realistically, the ending... The, the the ending of the of the story, you will, before the epilogue, ends in a downer. And I think, to Mike's point, I don't think you want people walking out of any movie on a downer. Yeah, but, it's but, not, but, but again, but it's, maybe, not a, it's not a downer unless... Uh, unless you, you know, you depending on your perspective, because things are happening right after that happens that are more of a happy nature, so to speak, you know. No, no, you're right. You're right. I mean, realistically, it's like anything. I mean, and and, and maybe that's the point is, is that even though life, something extremely horrible can happen that's bad, but immediately, you know, new new good things start to happen right after. And I, I think that's what the point of the of the of the novel is. You know what I mean? Is that something horrible can happen, but just like life. You know, good's still happening right behind it. You know, it's a, it's a cyclical it, cycle. Things are always a, going on. It is not a typical superhero movie ending. You know, that's the main right. basis of this movie. It is different. Yeah. Superman does not put Lex Luthor in jail. Batman yeah. does not capture the Joker. This is not what's going to happen in this film. And not right. even just that. I mean, what I mean, to just conclude what I was saying before, there's no big massive ending in the sense, not even that the the villain get uh, doesn't get thrown in jail there isn't that massive explosion destruction ending it almost ends with this is what i did okay and you know what i mean like it's sort of you know in the comic it was so it was such a compelling and unique uh and different but i'm just very curious to see how that's going to play out where you don't get the massive big uh balls to the wall throw everything at the screen ending explosion you know ending to it there isn't if i mean the the original comic book it it i don't want to say it ends flat but it it does in a way the way he intentionally did it it ends flat yeah uh, see i think that's where probably when they talk about the edits to the ending where they're they probably made it a little bit the battle to get to Whatever his name is, Ozamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundamundam
da 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 but they, we didn't do it. And then yeah. it's going to fade to black, and it's going to come up, and it's like, two months later, yeah. here's Dan, and you know what I mean? And, and it's rebuilding, moving on, and look, the world didn't end. Things aren't horrible. You know, it, it's, it's, we're trying to make it better. But you know what? Um, uh, well, I'm not going to go there because it's going to take us off on a whole other tangent. Um, so let's just, why don't we just move on to the uh, Atomic Picks for this week. So let's start with Christian, Atomic Picks. Oh, okay. Uh, actually, just to uh, for for uh, everyone's edification on some of the, that show. Actually, that show we talked about earlier was called Being Erica. And here's the uh, synopsis of the show. Uh, 32 years old and nowhere near her proper life path, Erica Strange <laughs> gets to work on understanding where she went wrong in her past with the help of Dr. Tom. In each episode, Erica relives a part of her past that she regrets and has a chance to do it again the right way. Wow. That that, not, that didn't really need to be done at all, now did it? <laughs> not gonna watch that at all. Thanks for the description. Uh, okay, again, uh, my atomic pick uh, this week. I only have one, and uh, I gotta apologize. My, I, I find my my atomic picks have been lacking lately because I haven't been reading a lot, and I haven't been actually watching a heck of a lot of anything. But uh, I did watch one movie this weekend, and I enjoyed quite a bit. And that movie is. Harold and Kumar escape from Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> this, I'm sorry, I know this, this is not exactly the most classic piece of cinema out there today, but this friggin' movie is friggin' hilarious. And if uh, alone, we should basically just watch this movie uh, for um, Rob Cordry, uh, Cordry, 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 Rob Cordry's performance in this film, who you might remember from. Uh, Pardon me from uh, the uh, the Daily Show. This guy is just friggin' hilarious. He's just the most racist, awful motherfucker in this movie. But the, the, all the adventures they get in, and of course Neil Patrick Harris is in it again. I enjoyed this movie very much, much to my wife's chagrin. <laughs> Michael, um, one atomic pick this week. Uh, I picked up the the fourth and final Futurama movie. This is mm. into the. Into the Wild Green Yonder, and a little side note, this is actually also my first Blu-ray disc that I actually have purchased. Uh, if you haven't seen these, I'm a, uh, these are fantastic. If you are a fan of Futurama, what is your problem? Go out and buy these and support the show. Uh, the latest and the, the fourth uh, DVD or Blu-ray uh, is arguably the best of the four films including the the first one as well which was Bender's Big Game all four are good but the uh, the first and this one are the best easily uh, and this one leaves it in a place where it's a satisfying enough conclusion to the uh, Futurama series but there are rumors that Fox is thinking about bringing Futurama back and I am crossing my fingers uh, for that definitely but if you have not picked up any of the Futurama films I really recommend it but uh, you know grabbing the newest one into the uh, wild green yonder is definitely a good bet I'm sorry so this is almost like a series finale this uh, this current release no it's just that the uh, knowing that this was the last of the four planned uh, direct to DVD blu-ray uh, films they don't know if anything will be produced for Futurama beyond this that they that they left the series in a place that where it could be a satisfying enough conclusion if we never get any Futurama beyond this hmm. wow okay so uh, I got two atomic picks this week 
Uh, first up is actually a comic book pick, and uh, it's not necessarily anything new. I've started to look at the atomic picks as my way to share with you my favorite things in the world. Um, and uh, I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, the comic book. It's a little comic book called Preacher. Um, if you've not read Preacher, you need to get your head out of your ass and rush down to your comic book store right now. Um, Preacher is so good. I actually have all of the issues, most of the issues, actually. Christian's comic book uh, blob, if you will, I think... Uh, 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 took a couple of my comics with it when uh, when we stopped living together. Mm. So I have most of the issues, but I've actually gone back and started to buy this this series in trade paperback just so it's a little bit easier to read. Um, I've been thinking about it a lot this week, thinking about some other comics as well. And um, you know, there there really isn't anything I would argue better than than Preacher. Um, I like Watchmen, and you you can have your Watchmen, but I think Preacher, start to finish from one to sixty eight, is probably the best goddamn comic book series ever made. Um, I cannot find fault with it, um, and so I think you too should uh, read that. And uh, uh, my my other pick is actually a DVD. Just throwing this out there, it's a movie. It's called uh, Zero Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, it call it stars uh, Ben Stiller and Bill Pullman, and uh, the reason why this movie is it's in one of my all time favorite top ten movies. Um, and the funny thing is, is Christian and I one day went to the movie store and never seeing this movie, picked it up and rented it, and it literally floored me. Um, I'm pretty sure Christian's a fan as well. Um, and it 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 details. Uh, the funny thing is, is Ben Stiller is a straight man in this movie, and Bill Pullman plays this character of Daryl Zero, the world's greatest detective who has no social skills. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you can get past the opening where Bill Pullman is playing a uh, a uh, country song on his guitar while Ben Stiller works the numerous locks and, and doors to get into his lair. Um, I think that has got to be one of the best things I've ever seen on film. Um, Daryl Zero and Zero Effect, one of my all-time, all-time favorite movies, and uh, you should check it out. So unless the, uh, the ladies on the phone have anything to add, is there anything else you guys want to add before I wrap it up? Uh, everyone out there, write an iTunes review, for Christ's sakes. Right, Christian likes the iTunes reviews. Uh, Michael, anything from you? Uh, go to our Facebook group and post. And also, you can find us on Twitter now. Right, we are on the, the Twit thing, the Twitter. We got the website, we got the group. We are on every social networking thing you can imagine. So you have no excuse not to interact with Atomic Geeks. So that's it for us this, us this week. Episode 7, In the Can. We'll see you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. just listened to another episode of the atomic geeks visit us at theatomicgeeks.com. production by andrew bloom title track by don't look down 